Good morning! Welcome to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We look forward to having you on the show. This morning's episode is titled, David Longs for Absalom. It shall be focused on a study of 2 Samuel chapter 13. Before we go any further, we'll begin with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we see here Absalom had wronged his father David, but when he had fled, David's soul longed for Absalom. Much like Father, when we went stuck in the mire of the world's muck and sin, and you still longed for us, Father. You longed for us even more so than the love that David has for his own son. Oh, we thank you, Lord, that you longed for us so much that you gave up your own life in our stead. Father, we thank you for that love, and may we be able to extend the same love to our fellow brothers and sisters. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Up next, we shall listen to 2 Samuel chapter 13. Chapter 13. And it came to pass after this, that Absalom the son of David had a fair sister, whose name was Tamar, and Amnon the son of David loved her. And Amnon was so vexed that he fell sick for his sister Tamar, for she was a virgin. And Amnon thought it hard for him to do anything to her. But Amnon had a friend whose name was Jonadab, the son of Shimea, David's brother. And Jonadab was a very subtle man. And he said unto him, Why art thou, being the king's son, lean from day to day? Wilt thou not tell me? And Amnon said unto him, I love Tamar my brother Absalom's sister. And Jonadab said unto him, Lay thee down on thy bed, and make thyself sick. And when thy father cometh to see thee, say unto him, I pray thee, let my sister Tamar come, and give me meat, and dress the meat in my sight, that I may see it, and eat it at her hand. So Amnon lay down, and made himself sick. And when the king was come to see him, Amnon said unto the king, I pray thee, let Tamar my sister come, and make me a couple of cakes in my sight that I may eat at her hand. Then David sent home to Tamar, saying, Go now to thy brother Amnon's house, and dress him meat. So Tamar went to her brother Amnon's house, and he was laid down. And she took flour, and kneaded it, and made cakes in his sight, and did bake the cakes. And she took a pan, and poured them out before him. But he refused to eat. And Amnon said, Have out all men from me. And they went out every man from him. And Amnon said unto Tamar, Bring the meat into the chamber that I may eat of thine hand. And Tamar took the cakes which she had made, and brought them into the chamber to Amnon her brother. And when she had brought them unto him to eat, he took hold of her, and said unto her, Come, lie with me, my sister. And she answered him, Nay, my brother, do not force me, for no such thing ought to be done in Israel. Do not thou this folly. And I, whither shall I cause my shame to go? And as for thee, thou shalt be as one of the fools in Israel. Now therefore, I pray thee, speak unto the king, for he will not withhold me from thee. Howbeit he would not hearken unto her voice, but, being stronger than she, forced her and lay with her. Then Amnon hated her exceedingly, so that the hatred wherewith he hated her was greater than the love wherewith he had loved her. And Amnon said unto her, Arise, be gone. And she said unto him, There is no cause. This evil in sending me away is greater than the other that thou didst unto me but he would not hearken unto her. Then he called his servant that ministered unto him, and said, Put now this woman out from me, and bolt the door after her. And she had a garment of divers colors upon her, 
for with such robes were the king's daughters that were virgins apparelled. Then his servant brought her out and bolted the door after her. And Tamar put ashes on her head and rent her garment of diverse colors that was on her and laid her hand on her head and went on crying. And Absalom her brother said unto her, Hath Amnon thy brother been with thee? But hold now thy peace, my sister. He is thy brother. Regard not this thing. So Tamar remained desolate in her brother Absalom's house. But when King David heard of all these things, he was very wroth. And Absalom spake unto his brother Amnon, neither good nor bad. For Absalom hated Amnon, because he had forced his sister Tamar. And it came to pass after two full years, that Absalom had sheep shears in Baal Hazor, which is beside Ephraim. And Absalom invited all the king's sons. And Absalom came to the king and said, Behold now, thy servant hath sheep shearers. Let the king, I beseech thee, and his servants, go with thy servant. And the king said to Absalom, Nay, my son, let us not all now go, lest we be chargeable unto thee. And he pressed him, howbeit he would not go, but blessed him. Then said Absalom, If not, I pray thee, let my brother Amnon go with us. And the king said unto him, Why should he go with thee? But Absalom pressed him, that he let Amnon and all the king's sons go with him. Now Absalom had commanded his servants, saying, Mark ye now when Amnon's heart is merry with wine. And when I say unto you, Smite Amnon, then kill him, fear not. Have not I commanded you? Be courageous and be valiant. And the servants of Absalom did unto Amnon as Absalom had commanded. Then all the king's sons arose, and every man gat him up upon his mule and fled. And it came to pass, while they were in the way, that tidings came to David, saying, Absalom hath slain all the king's sons, and there is not one of them left. Then the king arose, and tare his garments, and lay on the earth, and all his servants stood by with their clothes rent. And Jonadab the son of Shimeah, David's brother, answered and said, Let not my lord suppose that they have slain all the young men, the king's sons, for Amnon only is dead. For by the appointment of Absalom this hath been determined from the day that he forced his sister Tamar. Now therefore let not my lord the king take the thing to his heart, to think that all the king's sons are dead, for Amnon only is dead. But Absalom fled, and the young man that kept the watch lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, there came much people by the way of the hillside behind him. And Jonadab said unto the king, Behold, the king's sons come. As thy servant said, so it is. And it came to pass, as soon as he had made an end of speaking, that, behold, the king's sons came, and lifted up their voice and wept. And the king also, and all his servants, wept very sore. But Absalom fled, and went to Talmai, the son of Amihud, king of Geshur. And David mourned for his son every day. So Absalom fled, and went to Geshur, and was there three years. And the soul of King David longed to go forth unto Absalom, for he was comforted concerning Amnon, seeing he was dead. Up next, we shall listen to a sermon by Reverend William Branham titled, Perfection. This was preached in 1956 on June the 10th. We'll begin in paragraph 63 up to paragraph 103. I trust you find it to be a blessing. To know that it was nothing I could do or would do or had an idea or had a privilege of doing. It's what he did for me. Amen. He came down and redeemed me, placed me on the highways to the other end to pull both these together to make the chain with eternity to roll. I have a right to walk in that eternity because he died in my stead, taking away my sin. Wonderful. The law having 
a shadow, a shadow of good things to come. What is a shadow? A shadow is the forecast of an object. You know, a lot of times people quote 23rd Psalm. Yea, though I walk through the dark shadows of the valley of death. That's wrong. It says, Yea, though I walk through the shadow. Not the dark shadow. If it was dark, it wouldn't make a shadow. There has to be a certain percent of light to forecast the shadow. Amen. So, the law provided enough light to see the shadow Amen. of the real thing to come. Amen. Christ was represented in that law of the shadow. He was represented, foreseen, and Joseph, under the law, Joseph, being a shadow of Christ, Loved of his father because he was a spiritual man. He saw visions, interpret dreams, very spiritual, and despised of his brother. Correctly with Christ. He saw visions of the father, and he was a spiritual man. And his brother hated him without a cause. And he was supposedly to have been killed. A bloody garment placed back before the father. Oh, how beautiful. Amen. Oh, I get started on that. I'll never get to this lesson. Amen. The garment taken back to the Father. Amen. Bloody. Representing his son being dead. Isaac. And today, the garment of the Lord Jesus his sanctified life and his shedded blood for sinners stands before God as a memorial that the price is paid. You see it? And he was sold for almost 30 pieces of silver like Christ was. He was taken up from the ditch, the pit where he was thrown in. Christ was too. Taken from the grave and was set at the right hand of Pharaoh. No man could go to Pharaoh except by Joseph. A proclamation was made that when Joseph come forth, that there went forth man before him, caller saying, Everyone bow the knee. Joseph is coming. Now, the Bible said that every knee shall bow and every tongue confess to the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. He could bind Pharaoh's servants at his own desire. He had all the power and authority of Egypt given unto his hands. Amen. And when the chariot rolled down the street, everyone in the screen from every Egyptian, Amen. no matter how bad they hated him, they bowed their knee to Joseph. Amen. Someday, sinner friend, no matter how much you want to call it fanaticism, no matter how much you want to say it's wrong, how much you want to squirm and live into the world and despise the church and the things of God, someday you'll bow your knee. Amen. Whether you want to or not. But how glorious it might be for those who love Joseph. How 
they loved. They said, oh, here comes the great Prince Joseph. And they bowed their knees and said, oh, Joseph, you saved our lives. We would have starved to death if that, but the others unappreciated. Ah, nonsense. Ungrateful. We got that kind of people in the world today. You don't realize that the bread you eat and the very air you breathe comes from God. Amen. And they worshipped him. Here some time ago when Mr. Baxter was my manager, when the King of England when was there to visit, when the Queen come out, lovely lady, her pretty robe on her gray hair, and the King sitting so sick at that time, he could hardly stand it. He had a stomach trouble and a moderable sclerosis that was just before he was prayed for, that he could hardly stand up. But yet the royal blood of him stuck him what little chest he had out. And he rode down the street in the carriage. Mr. Baxter standing there. And when he passed, I looked at him. His lips was quivering. The tears was running down his cheeks. He put his big arm around me and said, Brother Branham. I said, Yes, Brother Baxter. He said, You know, I'm, I'm a Canadian. Yes. He said, the man who's over our land, the king, him and his lovely bride and wife is passing by. That's where I can't pull my emotions. I have to get this. I put my arm around him. I said, Brother Baxter, as a Christian with you, what will it be some glorious day when the king comes with his bride? Hallelujah. If a man could think that, when seeing an earthly king which is mortal like we are, what will it be when we see the king of kings coming in glory? What a glorious time it'll be. He was foreshadowed. And Joseph, he was foreshadowed in David. The law foreshadowed Christ. David. Christ being the son of David. And then, when Christ being in David as a shadow, it made David, when he was dethroned, rejected of his own brethren. Not only his own brethren, but his own blood. Absalom and his own children. Here it is. They despise their own father and called for his blood and dethroned him. And he went up the hill of Mount of Olives looking back, weeping over Jerusalem. How that he, God, foreshadowed Christ and David for when he was dethroned, turned away, and his own delegates, his own people, the Jews, Cried for his blood. Amen. Away with such a person. He set up on Mount Olive and looked over Jerusalem and wept. Saying, Jerusalem, oh Jerusalem, how I would have gathered you like a hen does her brood, but you would not. Christ was foreshadowed also in Melchizedek in the priesthood in the ninth chapter and the seventh chapter of Hebrews. How that Melchizedek Abraham also foreshadowed all back there 
all the good things, just a shadow. And how that Melchizedek, in the seventh chapter, we read of him here. We'll just read it for a moment. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham, returning from the slaughter of the kings, and blessed him. Amen. Abraham, Lot is cousin, had backslid. You see, the real, true Spirit of Christ. I hope you get it. No matter how far he had backslid, when he was in trouble, there come Abraham to him with an army. The aliens around about through the valleys of Sodom had come down and it took Sodom and its king and took in there, had took Lot with him. And Abraham, his uncle, blood relation, brother's children, when he looked down and saw that the enemy had taken away his blood relation, he formed an army of his own servants. That represented Christ. When he saw the church of the living God had been caught away in error of the devil, he formed a legion of angels and come to the earth to pursue the devil. Overtuck him. Hallelujah. Scare the enemy. Oh, how we love him for that. Overtuck the enemy. And he slew the enemy. And robbed him of everything he had. Cast him aside. And what was the first thing they did? Abraham returning back was lost. His wife. His children and all the possessions triumphantly walking back to the old home grounds again. He met Melchizedek. Melchizedek was the king of Salem. Salem is Jerusalem. When the Jews went into Jerusalem, they called Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Salem, which means the city of peace. He was a king of, listen, let us read it. To whom Abraham gave a tenth part of all, first being interpreted the king of righteousness. Who was this king that met him? Coming back for the triumph with the victory as the church is the day from Calvary. After that, the king of Salem, which is the king of peace, without father, Without mother, without the sin, having neither beginning of days or ending of life. Who was this king of Salem? Amen. A great king of Jerusalem, not the earthly, the heavenly. The earthly Jerusalem is a type of the heavenly. And here come the king of Salem, which is first the king of righteousness. Amen. The king of peace. He didn't have any father, didn't have any mother. He didn't have a beginning of life or ending of days. Oh my, without a descent, none other than Christ himself. 
That's who the church meets when they go up in the air. And when Abraham met him, he gave him the tithe of all that he possessed. Amen. You know what they did? The first thing they did was set down. I feel really emotional. Sat down and broke bread and drank wine. They'd taken the communion after the battle was over. And the Bible tells us Jesus Christ did that we'll eat no more of the fruit of the vine until I eat it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. That when the last battle is fought and the victory is won and the waywards has been brought back to the kingdom of God, we'll set out in the kingdom of God. And with our Melchizedek, who has no beginning of days or ending of here, oh, he's the kingless eternal one. Eat the communion again, my dear. Oh, what a beautiful picture. This marvelous Old Testament gives to the New Testament believers. The law having a shadow of things to come. And not, listen, the law having a shadow of good things to come. And not the very image of those things. It was a shadow of the image. David ruled over the world in the golden age of Israel. What was he? The shadow. David sitting on the throne. All the world let him speak. What was it? The shadow of. It was shadowing something. Shadowing the son of David, who is the son of God, who is Melchizedek, who is the beginning of days and the ending of years he has none. The shadow during the millennium is sound the throne of David and rule all nations. The shadow of good things. What is it today? We look and see the shadow. Men and women who profess to be Christians and live like the world. They say, oh, I belong to church. What difference does it make? It's a shadow of the deceiver from the Garden of Eden who pretended to be good, who pretended to have light, who pretended to have wisdom, but was a deceiver. And that's the way men and women does today. That calls the name of Jesus Christ and doesn't depart from sin. Foreshadowing the punishment that they will receive with him who is the deceiver. Jesus said to those religious Pharisees, You are of your father the devil. I hope you find it. I hope this soaks real deep. A shadow of deceit. Then what does that real, royal, 100% Christian that's born again of the Spirit of God whose name was written in the Lamb's book of life before the foundation of the world, who lets come and let go what may they hold to God's unchanging hand. What is it in their heart that's a hunger for something other? For those said the Bible that do so plainly confess by their testimony in their life that they seek a city to come, who's filler and maker. What is that hunger in your heart to 
this morning to want to stand in His presence? What is that hunger in your heart this morning to reaching out with all that's in you? All your soul and your life is crying for something. Till you say, I don't care what comes or goes. Oh, God. Something in you looking on the world and the tears run down in your heart. Amen. Oh, lost brother. See the women in their degraded, demoralized way and see men drinking and smoking and cursing and gambling and going to church. What is it in your heart that cries out, my lost wayward brother? You've touched something up here. You've been connected with the other end of the line. You've touched a, a chain, a highway that chained eternity in the beginning when your name was put there and seen by that great attribute or strain of God's knowledge. Look down and see that you'd come home and yet blinded by the things of the world down here you have a conception. When the Holy Ghost runs down this chain of blood and catches your heart, it speaks of a better land and a better place and a better city. Therefore you say, this world is my home. I'm just passing through. My treasure's all laid up away beyond the blue. God speaking. Let come go what may. Your heart's still centered. It's a shackle. The shadow is before you. That's what makes the shadow. The law having a shadow of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The law having a shadow. That's the reason he said in the Bible you have to take and compare scriptures with scriptures and make it come through. And if it comes a nick in it, remember you're out of line. Stay in that line of scripture. Now the law having a shadow can never make the worshiper perfect. Can never make the Cameron too perfect. For, listen, second verse, we'll try it. Next five minutes. Look, for then would they not have ceased to have been offered if the blood of bulls and goats and sheep and heifers, and if the high priest was a right order, then the world would have continued on. Death would have ceased under that. You get it? Let it soak just a minute. If Caiaphas is the high priest, the offering of animal life would have perfected the man and given him eternal life, then there was no reason for anything else to take place. That would have went right on. Eternal life would have set him and drove right on. But there had to be a shadow of the real Lamb of God that was coming to take away the Amen. sin of the world, which had been forespoke by God. Amen. And the men and women today, that was foreknown by God before the foundation of the world, their names were written in the Lamb's book Amen. of life. If they shout all right, if they don't all right, if they do this all right, if they don't all right, for God has already said so. Amen. It has to come to pass. Amen. It's not him that willeth or him that runneth. It's God that showeth mercy. God's choice. Not ours. As we get towards the end of this episode, we end with a word of prayer. 
Heavenly Father, we thank you for your mighty love and we thank you for the love that you've had for us. Like the prodigal son when he had squandered all his wealth and was eating food among the pigs. That was us once, Lord, when we were eating of the pleasures of this world among with those of the world, the children of darkness. But you pulled us out of that and brought us to the light. So may you preserve us. We know we, we say, Lord, as your word speaks, that we know whom we have believed and we are persuaded that he is able to keep that which we have committed unto him against that day. Father, may you accomplish the same. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We hope to continue to earn your viewership throughout the year as we read the Bible from cover to cover. To make this a better listening experience for you, would really appreciate your feedback. So please email us at honeyintherock2020 at gmail.com. We also have accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So please follow us, share our pages, and subscribe. Now we'll leave you with the parting song. God richly bless you.
Show.